Let's put together a roadmap for how the Packers can best attack the NFL draft while trying to also meet their needs. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I come to Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter. Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. The number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how thanks to everyone who makes Lockdown Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. A lot to get to on the show today. We are going to have MK Burgess, who covers the Packers on TV locally in Green Bay. We're going to have her on the show tomorrow to talk about Rich Passaccia. We're going to talk about uh, Jason Vrabel. We're going to talk about some of the new coaching staff's changes uh, the new coaches, Adam Stenovich, in an elevated role. What her impressions of them last year and now this year uh, have been and will be. We're going to get to that tomorrow. Today, I want to put together a roadmap. And this is something that we've we've talked about in the past. And eventually, you know, a little bit closer to the draft, we're going to do a perfect draft. A, a let's let's put put players in perfect positions okay if the draft goes perfectly for green bay in a reasonable kind of way you know someone who someone who you know Garrett Wilson doesn't fall to 53 like something that could conceivably happen a a potentially likely scenario where the packers are able to maximize value and find ways to make their team maximally improved that is the goal not just this year but next year and and the years in the future to come and I I have used this metaphor in the past, and that is the fantasy football draft. Understanding where you want to attack this class, where this class is strong and weak, and understanding your team needs, understanding the value of these positions, where you're going to attack them, and where historically you can find value. These are things we've discussed in, in pieces here and there. And there are things that we've written about at The Leap. Go back and read my Fantastic Needs and Where to Find Them series. It's two-parter. Seven-day free trial on theleap.substack.com. It's a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Uh, and, And we went into the Packers' needs and where those needs traditionally can be found in the draft. Where can you meet those needs in the draft? Ordering intensity. So... Where where are those intensities of needs? We know receiver is number one. So receiver is the A number one need for the Packers to try and tackle. We expect them to do it at least in round one, if not in round one and on day two. And maybe, and this is what I think is going to happen, a triple dip. A first round, a day two, and a late round. You find... The flyer on day three, you have a role player, probably a vertical threat on day two. 
because that's where there's a lot of guys who can do that. Alec Pierce and and Romeo Dobbs and and guys like that who I, who I really like as what they are, but I don't think can be much beyond that. And then you hope you can get one of those stud players in the first round with one of those two first round picks, even if that means having to move up to do it. So we we have a good idea that 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 pick is going to go in that direction. Now the second the second one is harder. It's much harder to do. And and the Lockdown Podcast Network, as we did our mock draft, they asked me to put in the needs and to order them and rank them and do that that sort of thing. It was much harder than I thought it was going to be. I ultimately landed at safety, and I think your safety. Because of the need this year and because of the future need, the need potentially next year if Adrian Amos is not a part of this team or they feel like is is going to be a short-term player, a year, two years, something like that, you have this, this valuable piece to come in and potentially be a starter for you in the future. I think when you look historically at safety, you can you can find some talent down the line, but first two rounds is traditionally where you want to do that. Now, after that, I think it depends on where you view the long-term outlook of these teams needs-wise. I think, and if you look at some of the players who the Packers have been meeting with, they're looking a lot at middle round offensive linemen, rounds two through five, and I mostly three through five. The fourth round has been the sweet spot for them. They have invested in the fourth round over the years a ton. You look at TJ Lang, Josh Sitton, David Bakhtiari, Royce Newman, and uh, uh, Corey Lindsley was a fifth round pick. They're able to find these guys, especially interior offensive linemen, later in the draft. They've looked at a lot of guys who are guards or a lot of guys who are tackles who could be guards. I think that tells us a lot about where they view this team. And where they view the tackle position. Yes, they probably want to add one. If you have three, you may want to add a veteran. I think that makes a lot of sense with someone like Yash Nijman, who Adam Senevich said they wanted to get Billy Turner in that playoff game because of the toughness and because of the experience. Well, if you don't love Yash Nijman in a big spot, and I think at a certain point he just has to play, then find a veteran out there. And the Packers have done that traditionally well. Over the years, I think that is a middle round. That is a later, like offensive lineman, you always want to draft one. Just always take one. But you don't have to press if you're the Packers at that spot. We talked about this yesterday. I think defensive line and edge is this sort of amorphous blob next because they might be able to find someone who can do a little bit of both. The Alex Wright, the Logan Hall. Now, that that raises the question, where do you find the value? I think first two rounds. If there's someone there at 28, then that's worth pursuing, depending on where you value value them relative to the safety. We're going to do another one of these live mock drafts, which I really like doing, so that we we can approach this in a way that is not so sterile, where it's not like I'm just making picks up. Like when we do the perfect draft, I'm just going to make picks up. Because I don't want to be subject to the whims of the computer. I just want to be able to say, okay, in a perfect world, this is the player that they're able to pick at 28. In a perfect world, this is the player that they're able to pick at 53. That kind of thing. I want to be able to do this in real time 
because this is what the Packers are going to have to do and say, okay, how do we order these needs and how do we prioritize the players where they're going to be? And then what does that tell us? I think running these simulations, it's why you run fake mock drafts for fantasy football, for example. You want to know, okay, where are these guys coming off the board? If I go running back early, what can I get in the middle rounds? What can I get late? Where where does that all shake out? And I think if, if teams were smart, they would they would use the intel that they have and they would try and run some of these games. They would try and put together some of these simulations. And if they were really smart, they would be tracking team tendencies. They would be tracking schemes and they would have people on staff whose job it was to track that stuff so that they could predict, okay, the Panthers like these kinds of players. They're probably going to take these kinds of players. The Vikings like these kinds of players. Now it's going to change over time, but this is what you have these these um, quality control coaches for. This is what you have interns for. This is what you have video coordinators and, and all of the staff that you have. This is what you have them for, for stuff like this. So edge defensive line. I think if you're looking at top four, that's there along with tight end. Now, the only reason I think you wouldn't take a tight end sooner is because you might want to take another receiver. And because you can find value at tight end later, I think three, four, five in this draft is the best place to find tight ends. Traditionally, that is always the best place to find tight ends. Find the athletes. Green Bay, I don't think, in fact, has enough prioritized. Um, just just grab athletes. Josiah DeGuar, not a great athlete. Jay Sternberger, not a great athlete. Or at least didn't test like a great athlete. I think he's a better athlete than he tested at the time. That That makes it, I think, easier in a way because you can wait. And just and you can be like, hey, a sixth sixth round pick on, uh, you know, some some basketball player who's going to come in and and you know play some some water polo player who you can pull off the street and and teach how to catch a football. You can do that at tight end more than literally any other position that exists. So it, when you order the needs, I think that's the way you got to look at it. And then on day three, you're taking flyers, your interior offensive linemen. I think they might take two or three. Take, take a running back because fine. Take another receiver, like I said. Maybe you take another corner just to give yourself some more depth and some and some more uh, runway. If you have injuries, you can always bring Kevin King back or something like that. I mean, who knows what what who's going to be available post June one. Those are those are options out there too. I think when you look at it overall, receiver safety edge defensive line that's the way that that i think because john reed's not going to be here forever it's a one-year deal and dean lowry probably not going to be on this team next year you need more than that and so i think that becomes a, a need in in the top 60 if you can swing it and tight end look they might need a starting tight end as soon as next year so that's why it, it sits in that top 100 for me we're going to look at what that is going to look like potentially at least as a goal i think it is you know you talk about best player uh, that's nonsense. It's not about best player necessarily. It's about the person who maximizes your team the most, who maximally improves your roster. That has to incorporate position of need, future role, not just position of need, future role, and positional value. Those are essential in the way that you look at these players when you're trying to figure out what is their utility to the team. Before we get to that live mock draft, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting, stats, and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, league news, reviews, including the basketball playoffs. 
Major League Baseball is underway. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I told you yesterday, I've been telling you all week about our live NFL draft coverage. I am hosting it. Go to our Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page, Thursday, April 28th. Why would you why would you watch the TV? Nah, don't do that. By the way, you can a lot of you have cut the cord, stream it on YouTube, put it on the big TV. We're gonna have an awesome, awesome show for you. Real time analysis, our experts, our insiders. We have no one has the network that we have in terms of going locally and reacting to these picks. They've got they've got good reporters. Reporters who are plugged in for a day, two days. Wouldn't you rather hear from the people who cover the team day in and day out about what they're thinking, what they're doing, how they're reacting to these picks? That's what the Locked On Podcast Network brings you. Check that out on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube page. All right, we did our last uh, mock draft on Pro Football Focus. So we are going to go back and do our draft network mock I like to go back and forth. Those are the only ones that I really like to use. I know some people like Pro Football Network and, and there's other stuff that you can do. That's fine. Uh, we, we can figure that out. Uh, but I, these are the two that I like to use. I think they're they're the best in terms of trying to give us a predictive power on what's going on here. So let's get the let's get the draft going. And remember what we're trying to do here. Receiver, safety, early if possible, edge in the mix. And maybe, maybe defensive line. But the goal at 22 is to get that receiver if possible. Um, I'm not going to do any trades right now just because I think it's going to be too complicated to try and do. So let's not do that. Uh, And so we're sitting here at 22. Zion Johnson's on the board. Tyler Linderbaum is on the board. Kenyon Green's on the board. Jahan Dotson on the board. Chris Olave on the board. Traylon Burks on the board. Daxton Hill on the board. A lot of players I think Green Bay would potentially be interested in. This comes down to whether you like Chris Olave or Traylon Burks. I happen to like Traylon Burks better. I like the talent better. So I am, and, and I think for the Packers, this would be a tough call. I really do. I think this would be a difficult decision. I think that Traylon Burks is such a great fit. And I think he profiles as someone who could be a true number one in this offense. If I'm trying to get cute, I might try and take Olave saying, oh, Burks might be there at 28. He's not. The the Cowboys love him at 24. So let me, I'm going to take Traylon Burks here. This is my mock draft. So Traylon Burks is the pick at 22. And I'm thinking more and more that one of those, those top five, and I think those top five are clumped together. The London, Wilson, Olave, Williams, Burks group. Those are, those are pretty closely clumped together. And I think they're probably going to go together. Okay. This worked out really well. Daxton Hill, Lewis Seen are there at safety for the Packers. Now, regardless of what you think about the evaluations of these two players, I think that you like the athleticism. I like Lewis Seen as a fit in the Adrian Amos role. I really, really like the fit. And I think if it were me... That might be the direction that I would go. I don't know if the Packers would do the same. And so that is that is why um, I think 
in this spot, I am leaning towards someone like Daxton Hill. Now that, you know, Lewisine can fly. 437 speed, um, 36 and a half on the vertical jump. I just feel like positional flexibility. Like there are there are people out there who think Daxon Hill can play corner. If you think Darnell Savage can play some in the slot, great. If you think um, Daxon Hill can play some in the slot, great. I think the positional flexibility that Daxton Hill gives you is just unique in this class. I love, again, I love Lewisine. You would take either of them. I have been big on the Lewisine train. Um, and so I think just for the sake of trying to mix it up and because I think the Packers would covet either, I, I'm going to take Daxon Hill here and this draft is, is working out really, really nicely for me. So now we're looking for edge. We're looking for interior defensive line. We're looking for tight end, potentially, if there is uh, an ability to do it. I don't think the value is going to be there at tight end at 53 or 59. So we're hoping interior defensive line. We're hoping edge or someone who potentially could do both. And as we're sitting here, there are some players who fit that bill. At 53. I have a chance to draft DeMarvin Leal from Texas A&M, who I think can play the edge. I think he can slide down inside and give me a sub-package uh, secondary rusher, which is exactly what Jerry Montgomery was talking about. He's a bigger defensive lineman. Now, did he test at an elite level? No. But when you go back historically with Brian Gutekunst, day two, they are not as big on that high-level athleticism. Josiah DeGuara, not a great athlete. Amari Rogers, not the elite athlete. Josh Myers, not the elite athlete. Josh Jackson, not quite that ultra elite athlete. Oren Burks, of course, was. And, you know, AJ Dillon, crazy spark score, freak athlete. Um, Elton Jenkins, very athletic. So it's not like they have no one of that, of that um ilk. But I, I really like this pick here. I think it's the kind of pick Green Bay could potentially make. And so that's why I'm going to take it and feel really, really good. I think, I think he is a great fit for what Green Bay needs. And I think Green Bay would find creative ways to deploy him. So now, now I think it's best player available because you kind of killed two birds with one stone on that. You gave yourself an opportunity to now be flexible here. And... You know, I, I I like having that flexibility. Am I going to be able to capitalize on it is the big question. So let's see what, what falls. All right, so now you have a nice little group of offensive linemen. You've got Tyler Smith from Tulsa, who's getting some first-round buzz. Daniel Falele from Minnesota. Jamari Sawyer from Georgia, who the Packers just had in for a workout. Dylan Parham, the offensive lineman from Memphis. And you have some receivers here. John Mechie from Alabama on the board here. Calvin Austin from Memphis on the board here, who I don't think the Packers are going to be that interested in. And Jalen Tolbert is on the board here at 99. So if the Packers think that they're going to get a tight end at 92, and there are some guys here, that that could be available, although I, I, you're starting to get into the, the bottom of the, the barrel. Some of these guys have gone, you know, maybe you wait for the fourth round. 
I like the offensive lineman here. And, and I think that's how I would kind of lean just given the value of the way the board fell. I don't know if, if the Packers would do the same thing. Trey McBride is here. Do I want to do that? I think I would probably wait on that. If it's me, I think, and the draft network does not agree, but I think the best value on the board is Jalen Tolbert to get Traylon Burks and Jalen Tolbert. That's receiver one and receiver two. And you feel really good about it. Jalen Tolbert can take the top off the defense, run sub 4-5. Is that 4-4 speed? He can get down the field. He can make plays on the boundary. I think I, I would really like the shape of the offense with those guys. And so that I, I'm comfortable waiting at offensive line because it's not a premium position and not a premium need the same way that uh, receiver is. So I'm doubling up here to take Jalen Tolbert and feeling, again, feeling great about it. Feeling great about it. One more pick in uh, th this fake draft that we're doing. Would love to get a defensive tackle if I could get one. Would love to get a tight end if I could get one. We'll see what's falling to me. We're waiting for these picks to come off the board. And, and the thing that I don't like about a lot of these simulations, like Travis Jones was still on the board. He's He's gone. Like He's going to go. There's just no way he's not going to go. So the tight ends... The tight ends are lining up here for me, and there are some defensive linemen as well. But this this works out great. So Kate Otten, who the Packers just had in for a workout, he's 6'5". He's almost 250. He can play in the run game. He has some downfield ability. I think he can play a little bit of everywhere. I like this. I like this fit. Now there's also Jeremy Ruckert, Greg Dulcich, they have a lot of options. Jake Ferguson, which is exactly why I think this is the sweet spot for tight ends. This is the sweet spot for tight ends. So just pick your favorite. Pick your favorite. Pick your flavor. And this is something that that I, I, I really like for Green Bay. The, the different options that they will have. And I don't think someone like Greg Dulcich, because he's not much of a blocker, is going to be a great option here. I, I really like someone like Jeremy Ruckert, who could have been a bigger part of uh, th that Ohio State offense, if not for all of the other things going on with that offense. Uh, and so, you know, is is he someone who could who could be better in a bigger role? I think so. And so that is the guy that I'm going to take here. And I love the draft. I absolutely love this draft because there are players like DeMarvin Leal who can give you a little defensive line, a little edge. You got your safety. You got three pass catchers for this offense. And man, I love it. I love it. And, and so this is these are the things that you have to think about. This, this draft, I can't say enough about how perfect this draft is for me, for the way that I look at this team. Are the Packers going to look at it the same way? No. I guess we'll see. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. More mine today. It was a beautiful day here. Uh, I, I took my son for a walk, walked with my wife, spent a lot of time outside because it was gorgeous and I had to wear my Shady Rays. Polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames and premium high-end finishes, also something you won't find anywhere else. Shady Rays insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair, every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them or whatever happened. Doesn't matter. You'll pay nothing. 
It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use the code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. Do you know what auto parts are supposed to cost? I don't know what auto parts are supposed to cost. Did you know that do-it-yourselfers often pay a different price than professionals? I didn't know that before Rock Auto started sponsoring Locked On Packers and Locked On Podcast Network, but that is true. And so why go into and deal with an auto parts store when they might gouge you? They might charge you more than they should, more than they would charge the next person to walk in the door. So why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts when you could just go to Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Just as we finish up here, an interesting question raised to me by a media friend, and that was... If Jordan Love were not on the team, wouldn't this year be kind of the perfect year to draft a quarterback? Wouldn't this year be kind of the perfect year to draft a quarterback? You get a year, maybe two more out of Aaron Rodgers, maybe three. Kind of the perfect time to draft a quarterback. Now, the problem for the Packers is they don't have that time flexibility on their outlook window, but this year is only year three for Jordan Love. And then year four comes around and then you get year five, potentially expensive year five. But the good news is, is we'll probably know the future of Aaron Rodgers by then. Now, maybe not by the time you have to make a decision on that fifth year option. But the Packers, you, you have to, you, it takes until May to make that decision on the fifth year option. And again, for the millionth time, Jordan Love, younger than Kenny Pickett, younger than a lot of players in this draft, in fact, because he was young when the Packers drafted him. You'd much rather have Jordan Love than Kenny Pickett. There are a lot of teams that are going to talk themselves into these players who are not as talented as Jordan Love is. It's just something to think about. This is only year three. Remember that. Only year three. And so the Packers, yes, they have a decision to make in a couple seasons. But he's going to be under contract at least two more years unless he's traded. This year and next year for sure. Well, if that's all Aaron Rodgers plays, Aaron Rodgers retires. You have Jordan Love on his fifth-year option, assuming he is on his fifth-year option, or you re-sign him or whatever you want to do. And then you go. If you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play three more years, then things get complicated. I think you probably pick up the option anyway understanding the salary cap is going up and, and all that stuff. That's assuming Jordan Love has shown you enough. It's just an interesting thought exercise. Wouldn't this be the year to draft one if you're thinking about Aaron Rodgers' succession plans? The Packers have a guy who, according to Tom Silverson, he talked to scouts. 
One said Jordan Love would be the best guy in the class. Another said, yeah, maybe two or three, maybe. Still, at 22 and, and 28, the Packers would have no chance to draft one of those guys in all likelihood. You know, the third best quarterback. Desmond Ritter's going to go. I think Malik Willis is going to go. I think Kenny Pickett's going to go in the first round. Matt Corral might. So the Packers, I think, are in a very good position with this succession plan to figure this out. Assuming Aaron Rodgers plays at a high level, we don't have to worry about it right now, but it's just an interesting thought process, a thought experiment to continue to engage in because, you know, this is what we're this is this is what where we're at at this point. Until we have new players to talk about, these are the kinds of things that we're thinking about and talking about. Uh, we're back tomorrow. MK Burgess is going to join us on the show to talk about Packers coaches, and then we will be back next week when it's it's almost draft time, guys. Almost draft time. We are almost there. Two weeks from from tonight, I believe. We're getting ready to make some some picks in the NFL draft. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan outline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.